Des Moines. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios. You'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. It's 24 hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back in the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Yesterday, we went on record with Iowa. We'll do the same thing with Iowa State coming up. Our final guest of the program is our buddy Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. We'll get Mark's take on Oliver Martin, dot, 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 uh, as we take you right up until noon. But as promised, time to talk Nebraska. We do it each and every week with our buddy Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal-Star. Sip, good to talk to you. Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. How are you, Sip? It's game week. I'm guessing uh, things are pretty hectic over uh, in Lincoln uh, in that part of the country. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it's, you know, Nebraska has South Alabama, so um, it's not a – I mean, it's big, don't get me wrong. But I think things are under control. It's just really good to be with you guys for another year, and I and I appreciate it. No, we, we do too, Sip. And, you know, I want to get into this um, – I guess what, let's start with this. What has been maybe the biggest revelation in the, in the month of August in fall camp – Perhaps position that you you know a, a, a position of need a a unit that uh, you had some question marks that maybe some answers either positive or negative uh, have come to light in the month of August. What would those be, Sip? The center position has been a really interesting picture, a really unique story, interesting story. Um, you know they they have a player, Cameron Jurgens is his name. He's a He's a redshirt freshman from nearby Beatrice. And, I mean, Scott has said on two or three occasions he feels like he is a, a I mean, a star in the making. He, is, he has said, well, just last Friday, well, yeah, yeah, last week Friday, six days ago, he, he said that Cameron Jurgens is a game changer on offense. <laughs> the center, and he mm. said he's a uh, he makes our offense look different. Now, do I got do I have you hooked at this point? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's even more interesting because you know he's been injury, he's had injury issues dating to his high school years, and in fact, you know the last media availability at Nebraska's practice was August fourteenth, and that day he wasn't participating in any meaningful team drills i mean he was suited up but what what for 40 minutes that i saw he was didn't he wasn't he wasn't doing he was doing virtually nothing so then the the picture just changed apparently right after that remember that was our last media so fast forward to last friday in that 10-day interim jurgens must have took took that position by storm and won the starting job um, and and like I said, Frost characterized him as a game changer. He has told Greg Austin, the offensive line coach, he feels like he can be Remington esque. Wow, Dave Remington. That'd be Dave Remington. Yes, I... <laughs> Pretty good name. name that, yeah. yeah. So that 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 was the most. I mean, I stood there last Friday, just stunned by what I was hearing. I didn't know. Nobody really knew because we don't see practice nobody knew a lot about the situation so that would be the one that would be the one thing that probably stands out to me 
Um, there's a couple other, like uh, Javon McQuitty is a name Nebraska fans are well aware of. I don't think Iowa fans this means anything or people who don't follow the team regularly, but there's a guy named Javon McQuitty um, who's re- rose to number two on the depth chart from kind of virtually nowhere. Um, those are the main things. So uh, I want to ask you about a guy that Iowa was recruiting heavily and ended up committing to Nebraska and looks like he's going to be a starting linebacker, Will Honus. What have you heard out of him, junior college kid from down in Kansas? Big-time offers for him. Is he plug-and-play going to come in right away and, and take over one of those linebacker spots? Well, yeah, Trent. I mean, he's he was here last year and uh, played played in four games. I think I think it was four. Played a handful of games and then suffered a knee injury. He was actually playing pretty well at the time of his knee injury early in the season, and that was it. You know, we haven't heard. We hadn't. You know, you didn't. You didn't know how he'd come off it. He didn't practice in the spring as he was rehabbing the knee. So he was a bit of a mystery going into August, but he's had a good August. Probably, maybe you'd characterize Will Honus as having a really good August. And so Nebraska has an inside linebacker by the name of Mo Berry, who's a, you know, he led the team in tackles last year. He's a team captain. He's a stalwart. He's a staple. He's the, maybe the foremost leader on the team. Everybody knows he's going to start. Everybody knew he was going to start. But the question was, who will start beside him? Will it be Colin Miller or Honus? Um, looks like it doesn't really matter. They're both going to play a lot. Who, whoever's on the field last is probably it's probably more telling than who starts. Um, and, and then plus, they will rotate all three of those guys. So Honus, I guess the the long long winded answer. The short answer is he made had a good August. Um, and we'll play a ton. We'll play basically starters minutes. A couple on the running back position. Tell us about a Juco kid, Diedrich Mills, who I guess is going to play a huge role. And how are they handling the Maurice Washington? Because they're still waiting for clarity there, correct? Yeah, I think you – I mean, I don't know if we're going to get clarity today or not. This is today, Thursday, and this will happen. Um, I mean, it, it's it, Scott Frost addresses the media on Thursdays for the final time of the week, and we maybe will hear something today. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody seems to know if Maurice Washington will be available for this game or not. He has been practicing full go. He's, he's, he's been with the team throughout camp. I would say had a really good camp. Um, but I, but what that, you know, whether he's going to play on Saturday or not, I don't know. Now, um, Diedrich Mills is another big story in camp, a, a Juco transfer who, arrived here this summer um so you know honus has been in the program for a year diedrich just diedrich mills just arrived but is number one on the depth chart and now kenny and trent now you guys have been around for a while uh he looks like the sort of back that nebraska should always have i mean he's a you know he's a he's a physical inside runner uh gonna run through you yeah, he's not going to juke juke you a lot. He doesn't. He's very efficient. I, I'd say he's very efficient in his movements, and he's very. He, he just looks like a big time back. He he's proven to be a big time back at the Power Five level. He played in 2016 at Georgia Tech and ran for 771 yards and 12 touchdowns as a true freshman. Paul Johnson, when he kicked him off the team, saying, "Yeah, it's really hard uh, because I think I might have kicked my best player off." Mm. So this is no. I mean, this is. 
this is not a lot of conjecture. This guy's done it at a high level. You can watch YouTube. But he's beautiful to watch. I'm, I love the running back position, and I like running backs like this. He's a pounder, but he's got a great feel for the position. I think he could be a star in this league. Um, I don't know for sure right off like if it'll be this year, but I think I think they're going to give him a chance to be. Sip, uh, final thing for you. We saw our neighbors over there right on the border in Council Bluffs have over $100,000 in liability. It's 250 now now, uh, with Nebraska winning the national championship. Good to see everybody over there has their expectations in check. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, the the more positive way to say that is hope and optimism are a good thing. I don't know what I would do without it. Um, The, (laughs) I, I think that that, I think that, uh, is positive. I think that here's the deal. I think that a lot of years in recent years in Nebraska it felt really contrived that sort of optimism and hope. It felt really forced. It doesn't feel forced now. Now I'm I'm not saying that I think Nebraska is a legitimate national title contender, but I think people like the direction. I think that's em- emblematic. That that sort of wager is emblematic of that people like where this is going. Um, they might be getting a little ahead of themselves, but hell, it's their money, and uh, <laughs> you know, and you and you guys, you guys are going to benefit. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Indeed. So if we have 15 seconds left. The the game on Black Friday is going to mean what if you can in 15 seconds? Well, it's gigantic. It's just gigantic for Nebraska to get over that hurdle, and it, maybe it's for the West. Okay. I mean, if it's for the West, and it means that rivalry gets enhanced. <laughs> I, that's what I'm hoping. I hope it's a cold, I hope it's cold as hell. I hope there's a lot. I, I hope I hope there's a lot on the line. Ditto. And and we'll see what Nebraska has against Iowa. We will talk to you uh, in advance of the Colorado game as you guys hit the Boulder and full and beautiful Folsom Field. Sip, great to talk to you. Thank you, my friend. All right, have a great one, guys. You, you do the same, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal Star. Time out. What uh, record is Iowa State going to have? Well, Trent and I are going to go on record next. Mark Moorhouse still to come. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.org. Your home for Iowa State women's basketball is right here. This is head coach Bill Fenley on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNL. Where it began. I can't begin to know it, but then I know it's growing strong. Sing it, Kent. I am waiting to sing it, Trent. Well done, by the Wasn't way, on your the choice spring. of music. Why my wife, she gets tears in her eyes. She's not and sports, but I hate sports. Yeah. But when they play this song after a cyclone win, uh-huh. just because her baby's got two degrees from okay. Iowa State. Yeah, yep. Oh, she's into it. Anyways. Hands. You got the pipes through it. <laughs> I'm going to pass. Reaching out. I'll let Neil do it. How about that? It's pretty good. Me, touching you. Hi, welcome back. Lauren Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Portions of the program brought to us by Fuller Family Dentistry, FullerDental.net, General Dentistry, Cosmetic Des- Dentistry, Restorative Dentistry. A couple of house cleaning, keeping notes here, Trent, before we uh, move on to our picks. Two radio shows make their 
season debuts tonight. First of all, the Cyclone Fanatic radio show that comes to us live from Whiskey River. Uh, Bloom, Williams, and company. Um, I'm not sure who all does the show. Does, is Stansbury part of that? He is, yes. I I, he I've is. heard him on there from time to time. I think I have, too. Their most memorable show was the was the one before the uh, North Dakota State game. Oh. <laughs> when they had that kid on. And I don't know if he's a kid or not, but they were just incredulous. Really? Bison? I'll tell they you. Learned. They learned. They indeed did. Um, but Whiskey River, things have changed, by the way, up in Ames. I don't think they'll be doing that show anytime uh, soon. Uh, and then, of course, the Hawkeye Nation radio show, Front Row. That's at 7. Fanatic show at 6. Uh, Hawkeye Nation at 7. And then on Saturday, game days, home game days, the Cyclone Fanatic pregame show is right outside the stadium on the north side of the Jacobson building. And it is back for another year as well. It is that time of year. Football. Football season, Trent. Um, indeed it is. Are you ready? I am ready to go here. So I changed from where I was yesterday. Yes, because you have the Cyhawk game going to the Hawks' way, and Campbell remains winless. I against... flipped it over. Yes, just today decided to go that route. I just heard from a hardcore Iowa State fan. Yes. I hate that song. You said quit playing it. It is not the only Cyclone fan I have heard that from either. Now, did you see how the uh, San Diego Padres video team... No. Rick rolled Red Sox fans who were in San Diego for Red Sox Padres last weekend. Okay. So they put up Sweet Caroline on the Jumbotron. Sure. And right before it got to the, you know, the part we just listened yeah. to, Rick Astley <laughs> comes uh, out and Rick rolled it. And that was prices. That, that was great. I don't know who comes up with some of this stuff, but uh, very well done. All right. Hopefully we'll do some uh, good here with Iowa State's season-long forecast. Uh, to recap yesterday, we did Iowa uh, with the Oliver Martin news. I bumped my prediction up from 6-6 six and six to 7-5. and five. Trent was 8-4. and four. He did likewise. I'm going to put the Wisconsin game in the win column for Iowa. Trent, on the other hand, eight and four to nine and three. He's got the Cyhawk game going the Hawkeyes' uh, way for the what fifth straight time this would be now. Is that what it'd be it, up to it, now? It, wow, been a bunch, anyways. It has been. Well, we know Campbell is over. This is going into year number three. The last two yeah. roads years. Yeah. yeah, this would be the fifth straight time. All right, so we do it month by month, and Iowa State begins the season. Well, they. They have four games by the end of September. So let's do it this way. Is their mm-hmm. bye week is after this one. Northern Iowa by home to Iowa, Louisiana Monroe at Baylor as they go on the road. What do you have the Cyclones coming out of September record wise? I do have them three and one, the only loss being that toss up game in the Cyhawk game mm-hmm. going Iowa's way. I have them getting that road, their first road game, a victory against Baylor. Like Baylor. Like Iowa State better. 3-1 and one through the first month. Uh, we have them same uh, record-wise as are identical. The paths to get there are different. I have Iowa State uh, beating Iowa this year at Cyhawk. I have them losing at Baylor. I think Baylor's rules done a hell of a job with that program. Look, folks, this game, think about this last year. What did it end up, 28-14 or something like that, following the brouhaha in the field, which, again, something I'd never seen in a college football game when the, uh, when the authorities came on the field and and started breaking stuff up. Never seen that before. Uh, but they did. Uh, the game this year is in Waco. I will go Baylor in that one. Iowa State, Trent, and I both feel will be 3-1 and one as the calendar turns to October. And Iowa State has TCU at home, followed by back-to-back roadies at West Virginia, at Texas Tech. Homecoming on the final Saturday of October. Oklahoma State pays a record. How will they do in October? This is the month that determines what this season is going to be. 
to be, in my mm-hmm. mind. If this is going to be something we've never seen before, an appearance in the Big 12 championship game, or a nice solid season back to a bowl game, but not the heights that many people are hopeful. This one will be, because I think you can realistically lay out a scenario where this team goes 4-0 in this stretch. Mm-hmm. You can. I think you can also lay out a 1-3. and Oh, you can't? You do? I, I, Ooh, I two road that. games that are not automatics. No, they're tough trips. That's the thing. TCU, great defense. Oklahoma really State. Defense. I mean, we're talking Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy. Both come mm-hmm. in to Jack Trice, yes. Mm-hmm. But both these guys have won a lot of football games. I have them two and two. Do you? Two and two during this stretch. In fact, winning the first two. So that would mean that Iowa State would get off to a five and one start. So you've got them losing at Texas Tech and at home on homecoming to the Cowboys. I do. As we've talked wow. about this summer, I like this Oklahoma State I team. I like Gundy bouncing back. Because of that, I'm going to jump on the Cowboy train here. It is five and one, followed by consecutive losses to end the month. Texas Tech on the road and Oklahoma State. So five and three for you is their record coming out of October. Yes. I think they're going to lose a game. I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep them. I wouldn't either. TCU to me is the is the game. See what what where I have this and where I have I'm having trouble is I've got Iowa State losing back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. I've got them losing at Baylor and then coming home and losing to TCU. Now there's another couple of weeks in the schedule coming up when we get to November uh, that's going to be really tough. Oklahoma Texas. We'll get to that in a second. So I'm going to give them a loss, and it's not Oklahoma State. They'll win on homecoming. Six and two. Six and two. Six and two. Going of, into the final month. And where they get a bye to start the week before they go to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. home to Texas, home to Kansas, at K-State. Um, you've got them five and three. How do they finish? Well, I've said this you have. for a long time. They're going to not just beat Texas. I think they're going to pummel Texas. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see those sissy boys from Texas have to come up here and play in cold weather for once. Play in November. I hope it's 10 degrees out and Iowa State throttles them. But there's going to be another loss in there. Not just the Oklahoma. Oh, one. there's one. No, they're not losing to Climbing, are they? Climbing gets it done. And maybe not even enough for bowl eligibility for Kansas State. But that's their bowl game and that's their win? That's their win. Something to shoot for. Something realistic. Just as it looks like, hey, maybe this is the breakthrough. Uh, Kansas State, those stinking Wildcats rear their ugly heads again. Seven and, they get and five for you? Seven and five. I'm going under the total. Mm-hmm. And what flipped it is, again, that Iowa game that I flipped the other way. Mm-hmm. I talked about this with you when we first saw the over-under for Iowa State this right. year. I've seen it happen once in my life. If I had to make a bet and you lose your money at eight, I'd go under just because I've seen And you lose your money at eight? I agree. I I, wish you to put a hook on it, would you please? Because of that, I went under Uh and I put it down at seven just because one time, 2000, they went nine and three. Uh That's it. That's the only time I've seen it in my nearly 40 years on this planet. So I'm going that direction. I love this team. I love what they have. But are they going to win every close game that they lost a year ago? Are they going to get those breaks that they had over the last eight games of the season? It's hard to do it two years in a row. Well, you and know that's, what a part of I'm those breaks down. were in those last eight, eight games of the season? It was the kid under center. It is. Doesn't mean that they always improve, no, though. Know, Sophomore but they slump certainly is a did real with thing. They certainly Well, that's true. There is that. They had, that's why they came up with that, yes. after all. I can't see them losing the case. I think the, two, the final two games of the year are given. I don't think they beat Oklahoma and Texas. I don't think Both there's a, yeah. I don't think there's a Big Twelve championship game this year for them. I think they're going to be eight and four, uh, and and I and I hate being that guy because that's yeah. a push. That's no and fun. that's 
realistically. So you know what? To hell with it. They're going to beat TCU. I'll go okay, nine and all three. Right, all right. I, so do, I don't think they beat Oklahoma and Texas. I don't. Therefore, both of those teams, both of those schools will have the tiebreaker. I think we're going to see uh, Oklahoma, Texas twice this year, and that would be okay. No, it wouldn't. You want Iowa State in there. Nine and three, six and three in the Big 12 in a trip to Orlando? Yes. I mean, they're going to Orlando. Yeah. They're going to Orlando. Uh, much to the chagrin of the folks in San Antonio who would love to have them back. <laughs> yes, they would. They would love to have them back. Yeah, Orlando, but it's not a bad destination, right? I mean, no. it's, it's the wintertime. It's Orlando. It's Disney World. Stadium looked good on TV mm-hmm. last week. You've been there, Orlando? Yeah, you have. Oh, yeah. I was there for the Capital One Bowl of 04. Indeed. Um, Saban's final game as an LSU head coach. Isn't that something? And the area around there, though, is rough. Heard the same thing. I've never been to the stadium. Been to Orlando a number of times. Stopped off uh, as a tailgate. Beer started to dwindle. There was a uh-huh. convenience store. I don't know. Ooh. 15 minute walk away from where we were tailgating. Walked over there. Seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> we got out alive, but it was by the skin of our teeth. It was a hairy situation over there. Got offered a few things mm-hmm. on the walk over. Rough rough part of the world in that part of Orlando. Yeah. Well, 7 and 5 for you, 9 and 3 for and the only reason I'm going 9 if the if the if the over under was 8 and a half, I'd say 8 and 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's no fun to pick. And I'm the same way. Yeah. Eight's no the fun. right number. This is an 8 and 4 football team, I think. I think With they this are schedule, too. I think they're 8 and 4. Me too. You decided to go over it. I decided to go under it mm-hmm. just so we're not kind of boring in the middle. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I mean, look, at the TCU went with Alex Delton. I saw him play last year, Trent. He's, he's not that good. He's not very good. I agree with you. How will we see will Duggan, Duggan be, be the by starter then? by the TCU-Iowa yeah, State question. game? I think so. I think Brees Hall will be the starting running back oh, yeah. by then. Yeah. Uh, will Duggan be the starting quarterback by the time TCU comes to Ames in the first weekend of October? I don't think that's crazy. Delton's not that good. It's not that good. TCU's not going. Me. They're not getting the Big 12 championship game with Delton as their quarterback. No, no. I can't see that. He I can get them to eight and four, seven and five. Yes, good defense. So. They've got a really good defense. They got some guys other than the quarterback, which is clearly the biggest question mark on that football team because they got some guys on offense too. But we'll see. Ken, if your scenario plays out though, and they are seven and one going into that final stretch, Trent, the biggest game in, is now. This is more so for a Jack Trice or for an Iowa State fan. If if we get to the week of November the 16th, and Iowa State is still alive in this thing, mm-hmm. and it's they control their own destiny because to get to the, the Longhorns are coming to town. Look, the Oklahoma State game was really big a couple mm-hmm. of year, few years ago, right? Um, on that Friday night, would this be the biggest game in the history of that stadium? I think it's fair. What would it be if it's not that? There's been division titles on the line, yeah, but, but they that were deep in the season. They were. Down Big Twelve North years, they were right to finish five and three yeah, to get thrown to the yeah to the Lions the next week and then against, get Joel Cladded yes, seventy to three against Texas and, and Clatt's carted off the field right. Would that so. be the biggest I, yeah. game in the history of Jack Trice? I, I mean, you go back to the seventies; there might have been bigger ones. Yeah, right. But uh, certainly, of my reference point, I can't think of anything. I bigger. certainly can't either. Well, if they're at that point, here's hoping they are. Yes. Uh, that we do see this as the biggest game in the history of Jack Trice Jane. Could be. Eight, um, you know what? I can't. Nine and four, I'm. Nine and three, rather. Yeah, the hell with it. Nine and three. <laughs> Mark Morehouse next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, 
in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, about 20 minutes before the hour of noon on Des Moines Sports Station. Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show from Whiskey River at 6. Hawkeye Nation Radio Show from the front row tonight at 7. Mark Morehouse on your radio right now as we talk Hawks with Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, gazette.com. Mark Trenton, Ken, it's game week. How are you, sir? I'm great. Do, do those two radio shows fight? You know, well, they're not together. It would be interesting. They maybe, should. Maybe, that, yeah. Cyhawk Week, put them together for a week. I like that idea. Absolutely. Fight. Take it up fight. another like, notch. Uh, like uh, enter the Thunderdome and stuff like that. Just you know, go at it. Yeah, I mean, that would be something. I'll bring it up at the meeting, Mark. I'm not sure how much traction it's going to get. Uh, <laughs> Oliver Martin. Uh, the word came yesterday. The long anticipated word. I, you know, bottom line, Mark. Um, Iowa got better yesterday with the positive news. Absolutely. I mean, I just look at. I go back to Kids Day. It was. I know it's one small snapshot of the uh, preseason. But to me, Oliver Martin played fast, looked like he knew what he was doing, um, showed a, he had a back shoulder catch um, that you don't, you don't see a lot coming out of Iowa. So I think he's a, he's a fully skilled athlete, and yes, I think Iowa got better and really don't look any, any further than that. Just be happy that the NCAA waved this home and, uh, and just go with it. Uh, I think Iowa – I think I, – I did ask Kelton Copeland, I think in bull prep, uh, if the wide receiver rotation last year is what he wanted it to be, and he said absolutely yes. He didn't want to take Brandon Brandon Smith or Amir Smith Marset off the field. I think it's gotten healthier this year, and I think I think you could see that. And I think Martin's going to push. He's going to push for time. Certainly interesting. Deepest receiver room that I can remember in a long time in Iowa City. It's been a continually problem part there. With those two guys that you mentioned, though, what's a realistic expectation for them? Ken and I were kind of throwing out some numbers a little bit earlier. Albert Martin is going to be in the mix and can play all three of the different positions out there. But what are your expectations for Smith and Smith Marset? Yeah, I think uh, wide receiver is hmm, that's not a slot. It's hard mm, to project numbers for yeah. me. I think anything, anything 35 receptions, I think, is a great starting point for both of those guys. Anything above that, then maybe I was probably relying on the pass a little too much. But I think those guys are great weapons. Uh, Thirty, I, I put my number at 35 with each. Um, Yardage-wise, probably under 1,000. Um, I think that's that's not really going out on a limb. I mean, that's what Iowa is. Usually just basically under 1,000 receiving yards is the receive, leading receiver will be. So, yeah, 35. And then with Martin going in there, uh, I think a successful year for him would be between 20 and 30 receptions. We're talking about split end. We're not talking about tight end. Mm-hmm. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. No good time radio hour for you this year, Mark. But a couple of others, Hawkeye uh, reporters, picked up where you were slacking off last night <laughs> and put it on. Uh, I was, actually. Now, reading on Twitter, and again, I didn't hear the show, but it sounds as though uh, Kirk Ferentz, one of the more positive things to come out of fall has been the play uh, defensive tackle. We knew they were going to be uh, just fine on the ends, at least we assumed, uh, with Golson going to pick up because we saw him flash last year, and we know what 94 can do. Uh, but uh, Ferentz apparently was raving about the interior of the defensive line, um, and you know maybe, maybe to a point that we not necessarily accustomed to him hearing being as positive as he was about his defensive tackles. Well, I think if Davion Nixon tore camp apart, uh, it, and, and he represents that, uh, tries to downplay that. I think if players would call him out, 
Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think that's what I think that's the, what, we're, what we're hearing though is that Davion Nixon tore up camp and that uh, oh they're not worried about defensive tackle anymore. And that to me was the question I had for uh, Kelvin Bell, defensive line coach, way back in uh, February when he talked. Uh, yeah, February. Um, can you get to ten or can you get to eight? And now I think they think they have ten. So wow, uh, that's a significant development in my mind. And uh, to me, that's one, that's the reason why I'm picking Iowa to win the West. It's off, offensive and defensive line play. And I think Dixon uh, brings it up there in the middle. I think uh, probably they found something a little bit Noah Shannon. Um, and my guess is that Ben Valkenberg has come through uh, the way they thought for maybe a third defensive end or fourth defensive end. Man, that's, that's going to be fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see in the first game how they're rotated in and out. Uh, last year, it was two series for the starters, and then AJE came in for a series, and it, it kind of went from there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that's used, but I, I think I think what you're hearing right now is basically Davion Nixon was, was a beast in camp, and good luck, everybody else in the West. So the run game, if it's going to be fixed, a big part of that certainly is going to be not just progression from the tackle spot and Lindenberg, uh, Lindemann ready to go, but the guards. With the injury to Banwart, with the Paulsons who have been around and sounds like Landon finally healthy and going to get his shot, we've seen Levi out there on the field. What are your expectations for those two guys? Can they, not all Big Ten type of players at the guard position, but can they be more than serviceable? Well, Levi Paulson, if he ends up selling insurance in his life, it's because he's been an insurance policy at Iowa for basically his five years. And this is not going to be a sexy answer, but uh, you need these guys. This is, these are the guys who run your program uh, internally, uh, in practice. And one thing I will say about the Pulse is every offensive lineman I talk to, Tim Polisek, the coach, uh, Tristan Wirfs, every one of them says uh, when, when they're out there in practice and doing reps, the Paulsons are talking the whole time, uh, asking them, what did you see? How did that play feel? What did you feel like you did wrong there? Very inquisitive guys about the game. Can they can that translate to the physical play? Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't been able to break through. Their time is now. And every year, there seems to be one or two guys, a fifth-year guy, uh, who really comes through. Now, they kind of needed a guard, especially with Banward out in the first game. But uh, I think they're probably pretty confident. And because you can't start at Iowa, it means you probably could start somewhere else on offensive line. doesn't mean that uh, they haven't reached a standard. So I'm interested to see how it goes. And you're right, Trent. I mean, as far as improvement in the running game goes, it's going to be, you're going to, it's going to have to come from the middle three of the offensive line, obviously at running back too. But I think the middle three and my eyes are on that in the first game, it'll be interesting to see how the snaps go. But yeah, I think they can be more than just guys. Yeah, like you said, Trent, probably not all Big Ten, but they can be solid starters for sure. What's the, is the running game the your biggest concern right now, Mark? Or what would it be if not? Uh, running game for sure. Um, just every time Brian Ferris is asked about it, he's not happy about it. And in the last two years, he shouldn't be. Uh, just fell below expectations. It fell below. Uh, it put a lot of pressure on third down for Stanley. I think uh, Stanley was ninth, or Iowa was ninth in the nation and converted third downs because it had to. It faced a lot of third and long. Stanley had to come through, and you saw the pressure it put on. And then I think it put a lot of pressure on the defense. Uh, that, that's an extra down, this extra set of downs the defense has to deal with is the offense can't take time off the clock. So that's how I was built. Not everybody wants to hear that, but that's the truth. 
Um, yeah, running game has to come through, absolutely. And uh, if it doesn't, um, good luck to see everybody in the Holiday Bowl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a, uh, what, what should expectations this year seem to be kind of all over the place at middling seven and five, eight and four type of year, taking that step forward all over the place. What are you hearing? You're closer to the action here from us in central Iowa. We got you the 50, 50 split with Iowa, Iowa state. What's Eastern Iowa? What are the expectations like over there for this team? I think pretty high. And just me personally, I'm, I'm saying this is a nine and three team and a winner of the West and going to Indy. Not because I really, I, I think it's possible, and I think Iowa has the, the line play to be able to do that, to be able to dictate that in the West. But I'm making that prediction mostly because I don't see it next year. Uh, I don't see it uh, an Indy uh, schedule next year, not with Ohio State and Michigan State uh, and Penn State. Uh, I don't see it with a new quarterback. I just don't see it. This is the window to me. This is the window with A.J. Epineza, this is the window with everybody else who everybody else thinks might go to the NFL, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's all going to be out there, and there'll be a discussion all season. But it, it, this is time. I mean, uh, it's, they've got to feel some pressure. And if Kurt wants, you know, if, if the program wants to have a, hand, a clean handoff from one parent to the other, they kind of need it. Yeah, interesting point. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids, because that's a very interesting point. What kind of year do you expect out of Nate Stanley? That's a great question, and to me, I think uh, he he's lost some Iowa fans. Maybe yeah. until he pulls out a big win against a big team. He's he's uh, I go through the Twitter questions every week, and they're all pretty negative. Um, he's lost the percentage of Iowa fans. He needs to win them back. Uh, how he does that? To me, handling pressure better, reading the pocket better, and keeping better control of your mechanics in the big moments. I think that's you, know, you could say that about any quarterback. Uh, the great ones come through in those moments. The guys you forget don't. And so that's where Stanley is, and I think with a lot of fans. The cumulative numbers are there. He needs he needs to have a big season win-wise, and uh, uh, I hope he does. I mean, I, I hope I hope he, just getting to know him the last three years, I hope he has a chance to shut people up. I mm. just do. Do you think the narrative got a little louder after DiNardo said what he did, Mark? Can you point to that day when maybe those fans got a little bit more vocal, that portion of the fan base? No, I think that was there before that. I don't think that helps, but, uh, you know, that Big Ten Network um, visit, those guys are in an impossible situation. Uh, they're taking a bus to a practice, and they don't know what they're going to get every day. It looks like they got Iowa in a stud situation, helmets and shorts, and I don't think they really saw what they need. I don't think there was a sense of urgency, it felt like, in that practice. Well, but. they had to move inside because of the weather, remember? They were supposed to practice right, outside. Right. So I, I don't read too much into it, but DiNardo's a great football mind, and uh, he brought up some, some great points. I mean, that's I think what I think that that he kind of echoed the frustration the fans have with Stanley, and uh, uh, you know, I think it's, Stanley needs to just shut people up and play. And, and Bears, his theme with Stanley throughout the off season, the later in the off season, was was really interesting in my mind. He's basically telling them to relax and uh, play the game. You don't have to be the captain of the world. You have to be the best football player you can be. Mark, a a spot in our conversations throughout the spring and summer, I don't think we've ever gone. But say this turns out to be a disappointing year. And this team is 6-6 and or even worse. Mm. Don't even make bowl eligibility. Next year you lose a lot of these talent that we're talking about. New quarterback, Epinesa gone, maybe your tackle's gone. And by the way, you go to Ohio State, 
and to Penn State in your crossover games, both on the road. If things go south, how bad could it get? It feels like there's a segment of the population, much like Nate Stanley you talked about, they're just waiting to get out the pitchforks again and go after Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, I think that's every year. But uh, with, and then with a coach, you know, he's paid five million bucks; he can deal with it. But uh, I do think there's that, and, and I, I think enjoy this year. I don't want to get into too much <laughs> with next year, but you bring up a great point, and and I I, I want to say. You know, I've been on record for a long time that I I, I think this could be Ferentz's last year. Um, I think if I want to go full conspiracy theory, I think that's the reason why they're not going to play a lot of freshmen this year, at least on defense-wise. Uh, they want to have something in the tank for, for 2020. They want, to, they want to be able to introduce a new, a, a new element maybe to the team, uh, maybe to what they can do or what they want to be with this freshman class, which they like. So maybe they maybe you know that's full conspiracy theory, but uh, bottom line, you, you, it's a results business, and Ferentz is going to have to win. Uh, if it crumbles next year, and he still wants to be, he's still around and wants to be the coach, he's going to have that opportunity. There's nobody going to come and get him now. No question about it. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, uh, did you and Doc record your podcast? We just got done. Now there's the answer. When will it be up? <sighs> Uh, as soon as I write the email and send it to the to the producer guy, uh, we got to do that. He's actually across from me, and uh, he's waiting for this email, so uh, I better get on it. And we'll let you go and do that. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. He thinks this is it for Ferentz, perhaps, after this season. He goes out with a good record. Mm-hmm. If it's a 9-3, and three, if you're like you, a good bowl game. Then the handoff to uh, Junior is a whole lot easier. I think there needs to be a few more steps in there. There needs to be not just a good season. There needs to be a great. There needs to be a 10-2 or better appearance in Indianapolis, that type of thing. And the offense needs to show more signs. They've been better. Mm-hmm. It's better than the Greg Davis mm-hmm. era. But mm-hmm. you just and they got better yesterday, Trent. The depth in that, uh, that receiver's room, uh, you, you can't miss it now. It It is going to lift the tide of everybody else. Our... We both added a win to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Oliver Martin is a one-win guy. It's, no, but it's, it's the just totality of correct. it. Correct. And maybe not as much reliance on that tight end group that there's still question marks. Yeah. And the run game that there's still question marks. they got a great defense, Trent. They do. This is a pass-first team this year. Is that a hot take? Well, if it is, then there's a whole lot of pressure on number four. There is. And he's a senior, so you'd think he'd be ready to he'd be able to handle that. From 55% completion percentage to 59 last year, does he get to 62? If they want to have that special year you're referring to, I think they're going to have to if they're past first team. But I think that's another part of the equation. Not not just another 9-3, and three, but that next step. Or if it is 9-3, and three, but you upset somebody in Indianapolis. And you get to the Rose Bowl again. Are that, you telling me that you want to adjust again before no, we get out of here? No, Did no, you pour no. yourself a big old glass of black and gold Kool-Aid during the break? No, no, it didn't go that far. <laughs> but in order for that to happen, to make this handoff much smoother. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if it does go that route. Yeah, 7-5, and Kirk, five, that's not going to be no, good. No, Kirk to Brian. They want new blood. Is going to be difficult, I think, regardless of circumstances, for a certain segment of the population. Ferentz fatigue. How many times has that word been uttered? And to do it in that level, you can't. Need more. Need more. Need won a Big Ten championship since two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years. It's been a while. Fifteen years. It's a big gap. 
What was it, Hayden? He came in, he had 19 consecutive seasons of non-winning football before he got there. It's almost the same kind of gap. Different era, though. And a different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Too. Things are about, I mean, the, the social media. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> yes. got a voice now. Yes, they Everybody's do. got a voice. Uh, you know, we'll, by the time we get Saturday, we'll have seen or had the opportunity to see three Big Ten West schools play. Minnesota tonight, mm-hmm. Purdue, Wisconsin tomorrow. Michigan State also plays on Friday. Yeah, but they're yeah they're not on hawk schedule. Right. Um, Game tonight. You have one play. You said you did. I got a monster play. This is my 100 star lock of the century. Now lay it on me. I'm not. I'm not going that far. I love BYU tonight. Outright six and a half. I'm going to have a little, just a taste, just a nibble. Well, if you love him, you should take the money line on that money line. But a fallback is the points. Yes, six and a half. That is a tasty number. This Utah's one Utah's pretty good, Trent. Utah's really good. They, they're really good, and they have owned this series. I think they've won eight straight and like nine of the last ten, something like that. They games have, in Provo, right? But it's usually a really good game, mm-hmm. one that comes down to the wire. I think we're going to get a tight one here, and probably Utah maybe does sneak it out. But six and a half, too many with confidence. Grab the Cougars this evening. All right, there you go. Trent is on record. Enjoy the games tonight. Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show at 6 from Whiskey River. Hawkeye Nation Radio Show at 7 from the front row. Murph and Andy at 2. Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush will start it all again tomorrow. They do that at 6. Trent and I with you at noon. Thanks for being with us here today. Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.